Hello and welcome back to the Exit 6 podcast. In episode 16, we'll continue talking about the official selection of 2019 and why they were selected. We recorded this back in December, way before lockdown, so don't worry, we are not ignoring social distancing measures. We're still open for 2020 submissions. The regular deadline is due to close on the 10th of June. In this week's episode, the Exit 16 will be talking about Be Uncertain by Jack Karavik, Smackhead by Greg Hall, and our 2019 Audience Choice winner, A Wreck in Paradise by Francois Zadie. Right, we're back in the uh, podcast studio. I'm Claire, as you well know by now, um, and I'm joined by Chris and Kate. So Chris, can you quickly introduce yourself so everyone knows who you are? Hello, I'm Chris. I'm one of the judges for Exit 6 this year, and I'm a video editor. And Kate? Hi, I'm Kate. I'm on the judging panel too, and I'm a content producer on the day. Um, And my day job, I'm a creative in the advertising and uh, broadcast industry. Fantastic. So for those who uh, are unfamiliar with the podcast, what we're going to be doing is talking about the films that we got to see in 2019. So um, the previous episode, we talked about half of the films in block one. Now it's time for the second half. So we'll start today with um, Be Uncertain by um, comedy. Well, he's usually a comedy director, Jack uh, Karavik, but he's gone a bit sci-fi on this one. Um, The synopsis, uh, stuck in a stagnant routine, JD finally does the unexpected, only to wish he hadn't. Now full of uncertainty, he must try to regain control. Now, sadly, Jack couldn't um, join us on the day, so I didn't get to do a Q&A with him. But I do know that he's kind of going from the comedy directing into horror. And I think this film kind of nods, it kind of leans towards the more horror genre even though it's certainly sci-fi Chris what were your thoughts when you first saw Be Uncertain? It was a very interesting film it it, like a number of films that you sometimes see parallels and it certainly felt like it was part of a much longer film Um, it's it's very well shot it's got great acting Um, you were talking about him being a a comedy director and obviously he's got Ashling B and Stephen Wright uh, in it, Ashling B, obviously, you know, people know from Living With Yourself and uh, Mock the Week and everything else, and Stephen Wright from um, Bluestone 4 2, which is a uh, BBC Three comedy, which I urge everybody to check out. Um, it was, it's a film that brings up lots of questions in your mind when you finish watching it. Um, so it's quite intriguing because there are lots of parts where you go, why is that happening? How did that happen? So. If he does that, what happens then? So whether this is designed to make the audience want to see more and want to find out the answers to those questions, um, if so, job done. <laughs> it's successful. Kate? Yeah, it was it was interesting because uh, when I first started watching it, I saw people that you associate with comedy, so you think, oh, this is going to go down one route, and then it goes down a much darker route and uh, uh, quite an intriguing Possibly quite confusing <laughs> for for my small brain, um, but it did make me want to know more. And yeah, like you said, I could see it being a series or a feature. Um, you could see it leading on to stuff because it, it does leave you with quite a lot of questions at the end, which um, maybe is teasing to something um, that would be more um, fully formed in a 
a longer feature or series. But um, this one, this one is a particularly hard one to talk about because the stuff I want to talk about, which involves the, the like the visual effects, are spoilers. So we're not going to we're not going to talk about that. But we're going to urge people to to try and track it down. I think it is still doing the festival circuit, so it's harder to uh, get hold of. But um, keep googling for it. It will crop up eventually on somewhere somewhere for everyone to see. Okay, on to a bit of social realism. Um, Greg Hall brought us Smackhead. Now, Smackhead is about a heroin addict, addict, Ed, that's quite a mouthful, heroin addict, Ed, unexpectedly turns up at his son's eighth birthday party. That really does sum it up because uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, having a heroin addict turn up at a kid's party is is going to be bad news from the start but we'll let greg hall explain everything so i'm pleased to welcome greg up to the floor <laughs> there we go yes please brilliant cheers thank you we might have to hello 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 got it i'm actually a very positive person so i'm sorry for leaving you in such a bleak <laughs> um, especially with those end credits, I kind of purposely, there's no music or anything, so I really leave you to kind of ponder in, in quite a dark moment, so I always feel I must apologise when I get up here. Um, this, this is really to good. To doing it for you, so sorry. I, l- I looked through Greg's past work, your, your catalogue of work, it's really impressive, and it's a lot of um, social realism, really good, heavy topics, and they're all visceral, and I love that. I love films that give me feels. <laughs> and I feel like with those scenes, like, my blood pressure was going up. I felt hot because I felt uncomfortable for everybody in the room. <laughs> I felt uncomfortable for the kid, Lord, certainly the birthday boy and the kids because they're like, what, what they, they don't quite understand what on earth is going on. There's a lot of history. And then there's the stepdad who's protective over the kid. But then I really felt sorry for Ed because he's got himself into this pickle, to put it lightly. And he wants to be with his kid, but is probably not the best time. Oh, so there was just just so much going on there, and you actually wrote that with um, George Russo. So yeah, yeah the main the actor is George Russo. So we co-wrote that um, together. So George has actually been in recovery for coming up to ten years. His dad's a former heroin dealer and a lifelong heroin addict, um, and a lot of George's family has struggled with addiction. So we wanted to make something about. Um, addiction and drug use without really showing much drug use Um, and what was really hard I mean it's interesting to talk about sympathy there because one of the most difficult things was trying to align the audience's sympathy with a character like Ed who on the face of it is you know he's an addict turning up to his son's birthday clearly with a stolen computer and when the the thing with addiction is it is a very selfish thing um, so it was how do we align our sympathies with that character? Um, and previously, my previous films when I met George um, was like a director DVD. I've done a lot of low-budget feature films, like home entertainment stuff. And with that, you just shoot it in full coverage. So you, sh- you shoot a wide, and then you shoot a character's close-up and close-up. And that kind of cuts together comprehensively in an edit. Um, but when I approached this, I knew I didn't want to shoot coverage. It'd be really easy because it's such a dialogue-heavy script just to frame the actors and follow the dialogue. Um, And instead, what we wanted to do with the camera, myself and the cinematographer, broke the film down into... There's only 12 cuts, so there's like 12 sequences. Um, And really, we looked at the subtext. So, for example, like at the door, 
normally you would cut inside and shoot from the inside to cover Ed's dialogue. But the problem with that, we would then put the audience inside the house and you would have more power over the character. So I left you outside over his shoulder. Similar to when we leave you with the boy, the dialogue continues into the kitchen, but I wanted to leave your sympathies with the young boy. So it's all about where we place the camera. So very much a kind of neo-realist. Um, it was more about the camera almost being a character. Um, and, and I kind of wanted you to feel, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad, I've got two kids. Um, like putting on kids' pies is the most stressful thing. I've made like loads of films for no money. And then when you have kids, when you put on a kids' pie, it is just emotional. You're so worried. So then what I decided to do was host basically a kids' pie and make a film. So my daughter's actually in that. Um, and, and all the parents were actually recruited from my, my daughter's um, school, uh, all based in East London. So it's like super authentic. Um, but I wanted you to feel... Um, and again, it's one of those things when a, a set's been dressed, you want cutaways or everything. And it was kind of sacrificing that, that oh, we just put it together in, in the edit. I was very much like, I want you guys to feel as awkward as Ed does, as if we, uh, so it feels like a real kids' party. Um, I think I'm just obsessed with realism and the idea that cinema is like, like even my favorite shot is where the camera cuts through the wall and it almost becomes self-reflexive. You acknowledge that there's a cameraman there, so you acknowledge the fact that it's made, but by doing that, it makes it even the experience even realer. Yeah. So, so I went off on one no, there. No, so. no, please, this is fantastic, this is gold. This is trying great. to make up for leaving you in such a depressing <laughs> state, you know? No, no, that's brilliant. No, it's funny, because um, I was sorry to hear about uh, George Russo, who you wrote this with, and who, uh, yeah, no, he's a very positive guy. He wouldn't ever want anyone to feel sorry for him. He like works with addicts, um, works... Yeah, he's very positive. Anyone that's in recovery are the, some of the most positive human beings you could ever meet, to be yeah. honest. I remember him back in the 90s in a kids, a CITV yeah, 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 oasis. Yeah. Did anyone remember that <laughs> in the early 90s? Probably only me. I was, such a, I was, a, I was a TV geek. Wow. Uh, then and I remember him um, in Oasis. It was about um, this, uh, based in South London. They had was this that was like barren land. Nothing was used for it. And this group of kids wanted to make a city farm. So they were like campaigning to the council and stuff like that. And I remember him with like long blonde hair. He was quite short, quite little. He was, bit, you know, it, it was like Anna Shear. Uh, you might have heard of Anna Shear's um, theatre school from Islington. So things like Grange Hill, early Stenders, all the real working class. Um, actors from London kind of come from Anna Shears, and that, that's where George came from as well. And um, yeah, like I was, I, I, even the detail of every single actor, even all the kids come from working class backgrounds, was like something that I wanted real authenticity with. Yeah. Now, when you wrote this um, together, um, when musicians collaborate, it's like what comes first, the melody or the lyrics? With this, because it was such a visceral thing, did it? Was it like you were saying about the camera angles? Was it the the moments that you had first, and then you built the story around it, or did you, how did you, how was the process writing this together? Um, so weirdly enough, this was originally written as a 90 page feature. So we'd done about four drafts, and it was very much, it was called Smack Ed. It did have the main character, Ed, but it was much more kind of um, sequential and episodic. Um, it was about East London and the heroin trade. Um, and we, we struggled to raise the money for it, to be honest, so we kind of, carved this short out of it, it was our favorite scene. 
and then um, so it was already really written and then just kind of really I reapproached how I was going to do it with the cinematographer so um, most of my work is feature films so this for me feels like something out of my sketchbook as an artist this is me just trying out ideas Brilliant. And what, what are you working on at the moment, or what have you got? Um, so George and I, we're, so we write a lot together now. So a script we wrote called Villain, which is about an old East End gangster coming out of prison and coming back into the East End. It's kind of about gentrification and things like that. But written as a crime thriller, uh, we sold that this year, which has just been shot, um, and every distributor is bidding for it. So that's going to come out next year, which has been a big boost for us. Um, we're writing about three different scripts. One, we kind of developed a feature idea called The Damage Done, um, which is about the character Ed and three different periods of his life when he first got into drugs, deep into heroin use, and then about recovery. So wow. keep him busy. And yeah, I've just had another kid, so yeah. <laughs> I look tired, that's why. So. <laughs> well, thank you so much thank for joining you. us today. That's been fantastic. So hopefully, if you do any more shorts, you know, send them our way. We'd love definitely, to see them. Definitely, definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Greg Hall there was just such a joy to have because when I'm hosting the blocks, I've always got my, my little, um, little cards with all my questions and he just went. And he just everything he said was already on my cards to ask about. Like the cinematography of Smackhead, I thought was wonderful because it was, it like he said, it was only twelve edits, and it, the, the camera just sits in the scene and it plays out around. And one of them is uh, specifically was, um, you see the the sun in the room, and it's just over his shoulder, so you can you're suddenly in his shoes. You've been in Ed's shoes. You've kind of been in the the stepdad and the mum's shoes, but then you were the boy and. I was just all over the shop, ricocheting off of uh, the, the emotions of this one. So, uh, Chris, how did you feel watching Smackhead? It's, it's a difficult watch, but it's very good. It's, it, awkward is <clears throat> one of the emotions you do feel because you're projected right into the centre of this very uncomfortable situation at this party. And the, obviously, attempts that the parents are having to, or rather the, the child's mother, to kind of keep everything under control and, and control Ed and there's some uncomfortable moments but it's just it feels seamless it doesn't feel like it's an acted piece oh. it, it, it feels totally authentic and totally real and as you say it's beautifully shot there's a lovely scene where you're in the front room and the camera is concentrating on on Ed's son and some kids and they're getting twister out mm -hmm. and then you notice in the background um, also catching what's going on in the kitchen where Ed and his ex-partner and her new partner have a conversation and you only kind of focus in on it as, as the, the audio comes up and you start to hear what they're talking about behind them. Yeah so, so it, feels, it does put you in that position where you're just eavesdropping you're just listening in onto that conversation because you're supposed to be in the room at a kid's party so you should, should almost be ignoring the drama that's happening in the kitchen but you can't help but kind of lean into it you want to know more yeah yeah um and like you said that that your empathy is um torn between so many different characters in that so um when you first the first couple of scenes you feel like um well, i felt sympathy for the mother uh, um, and having to manage her ex-partner in this uh situation with lots of children around but then you see how desperately he wants to be a part of his son's life and to please him and to um yeah just be involved even though he's struggling with the addiction he 
can see how much he loves his son still. But then you then you move on to the um, point of view of the child and um, still clearly loving his dad, but um, conflicted in how 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 it works in this situation. So you do, um, yeah. I think it's so interesting hearing him talk about the cinematography and and the decisions behind those um, shot choices because they really work and really make you a part of the action and and feel all the feelings <laughs> that are going on in that room. Um, so yeah, although it's very bleak, there are like elements of hope where you just think, oh, if he could just get his act together, he could yeah. be a part of this boy's life. And um, yeah, great performances and real naturalistic mm. um, performances. And, and the kids did really well in that situation as well. I think, yeah, the kids and the mums, they're just from school. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you free on Saturday? Can you like come to a kids' party? Oh, by the way, we'll be filming a, yeah. a film. And yeah, they've got a couple of lines. But yeah, yeah I thought I really, um, there's not quite the word for it, how you can really enjoy a film whilst not enjoying it. You know, it's like, it's a brilliant film. I don't think I want to watch it again because <laughs> it, it, it is so visceral. Now the very last film for uh, Block One 2019 is A Wreck in Paradise. This one is by Francois Zaidi. Um, it's a French comedy. A drunken man finds himself in a strange Faustian bar with a strange set of rules. Um, <laughs> but he might get the girl. That was the synopsis. <laughs> it really does put it in a nutshell. Um, for me, this one, it, the beginnings of it is so um, kind of theatrical, like actual theatre, like the lighting, it's slightly surreal. It's this drunk guy who's been in a car accident, sees a sign for a bar, he's a drunk and he just follows it, ends up in this bar. But the characters inside are are brilliant. It's a circus of, of different people in there. Um, we'll do it. So I'll, I'll, I will come back to this, but it did actually win audience choice for Exit 6 2019 and very much well deserved. I think there was a lot of people coming out smiling because it is a, a brilliant setup to a great punchline, which we're not going to talk about because that would be a really, really big spoiler. So Chris, what were your thoughts on uh, on uh, A Wrecking Paradise? I absolutely loved it. it yeah. the, the, the problem is that you can't talk about the ending mm -hmm. and it is just absolutely corking. I mean, it is, it, it's a brilliant ending. If you please find this film and watch it, it is so good. I mean, it, it reminded me, <clears throat> I suppose the French language is part of it, but it reminded me of things like Delicatessen, the kind of mm -hmm. shooting style and the very deliberate use of lighting and the very use of odd angles and disturbing angles and the, the odd characters. Here. At points you felt almost drunk like him. Yeah. It's like you, you saw it, it wasn't really through his uh, point of view, but you can kind of feel like that you yeah. were, you knew what was going on in his head. And also had a, a corking opening. I mean, you know, a man crawls out of a car wreck and mm. that's the first shot. I mean, that's a great opening. You, you, you want to see what's happening. So yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's I want to talk about the ending because I think it's genius. Yep. But we can't. No. <laughs> Kate. Yeah, this was one of the first few films I watched in the judging um, selection process, and it was uh, immediately when I uh, talked about saying, "Have people seen this one?" I, I was a big advocate for this one because yeah, it really um, yes stood out in the in 
in the ones I saw. Um, like you said, it's like amazing cinematography. The grade on it is really beautifully done and really striking. It did remind me, like you said about Delicatessen, but also of the kind of beer ads that were around in the 90s. That, like, uh, oh, yeah, like the, like the Guinness ads yeah. specifically. Can we yeah. say that? Are we sponsored by Guinness? <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Other alcohol is available. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just that humour and um, the re really strong casting and um, costume and makeup. And things like that. It, was just, it, was, it was just such a beautifully put together piece. and. Uh, yeah, you didn't notice that it was uh, in another language because <laughs> it no. was so compelling and yeah, was one of my favourites actually. I was I was really tough that it won the audience choice, but I kind of it had after it showed it had that kind of buzz about it, and sadly um, the filmmaker wasn't able to join us, so he couldn't didn't take part in the Q and A. But he very kindly took the time to do a little piece to camera for us to show after the film. And, and that in itself was like a short, short film. It was very funny with um, purposefully terrible overdubbing of uh, <laughs> of one of the people who was in the videos, um, their vo her voice. Um, so yeah, he's clearly, um, Francois Zadie's clearly a comic. He is very, very funny. And he's, his comic timing and pace that he used in the editing and the direction, I thought was just brilliant. So, uh, so yeah, we had to send his award over overseas. Um, I must send in my receipt for that. <laughs> so that's it. That's the last one for today for block one. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Sleep well. <laughs> if you can. <laughs> this podcast was produced by Face TV with music from Joe Williams. <laughs>